This is chapter five, high classes topic chapter. Hi, this is uh, chapter five. It's about B2B. So far, what we were talking about B2C or C2C marketing. Today, we will be talking more about B2B, which is business to business marketing and how it's done, because it's different than B2C in some, some cases. So the learning objective of this chapter will be uh, identify and distinguish the characteristics of industrial reseller government and non-profit market and how they are measured. So beside the, you know, B2C, which is the consumer, business to consumer, we have what we call B2B business to business. And there is a different mar marketing uh, activities. Some of them is different than the B2C. But here we need to distinguish the characteristics of the industrial, resellers, the government, and nonprofit market and how they are measured. Then we need to describe the importance of content marketing to, to B2B marketeers, explain the, which key characteristics organization buying make the process different from consumer buying. <clears throat> describe how buying centers and buying situation influence the organization purchasing and online the process outline the process of business segmenting or segmentation and then we will be explaining the the growing importance of the approach to online buying for industrial reseller and government market and we'll bring the example of tajari.com just to give you an understanding of how this online is uh, influencing lots of B2B. Now in the B2B marketing, retailers work with the business as a suppliers and customers. Business buyers are not the same as consumers. So they buy it to sell it most of the time or to consume it uh, in order to produce more service to the consumers. Now, the nature and the size of the organization market. Business marketing, marketing products to the organizational buyer. Buyer purchase and lease a large volume of equipment, raw material, manufactured parts, supplier, and business. The business in the B2B is as I see it is much bigger and much lucrative, uh, but it takes more effort and more sophistication. Uh, organizational buyers, they could be industrial or the industrial, or their resellers, or could be a government or nonprofit uh, organizations. Now, uh, <clears throat> measuring industrial reseller government and nonprofit market, North American Industry Classification or NICS provide a common 
industry definition for Canada, Mexico, and the USA. And it goes by a code, for example, abbreviated in code. So if you look here, the first one you're looking at is probably the, is usually seven, uh, six digit number. But the six digit number is made of the first three digit is regard of the industry subsectors. So the industry of subsectors is like here, you have the performing arts, spe, uh, spectators, sports, and the related industries. And this is the case kind of, uh, or you have 712, which is the heritage institution and 713, the amusement, gambling and recreation industries. So there are, each industry has the first three digit appointed to it. Then after that comes the fourth digit, which is, it could be, as you see here, 711, which is this one, and one. It is a guideline to the industry that you are looking for in order for you to understand, maybe in commerce uh, it's easier to glossarize using these kind of numbers for that industry that you're looking for. So if you, at your free time, you can enter the website and try to enter these industry numbers and we'll show you and find, probably you'll find, find more research about that specific industry, whether you want it to be very specific or you want to be a little bit more generic. So you had the four digit, like the fourth one, so it is the last uh, digit, which is here one, is part of the 711 industry, but it's about the performing art companies, spectator sport, which is 7112. And then you have 7113 is the promoters of performing arts, support, sports, and similars. Then under the performing art and com uh, arts companies, you have a, the comes in the fifth digit industry, which is seven one 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 or seven seven one thousand one hundred eleven, which is comes the theaters companies and the dinners theater, and then you have the dance company, and then you have your musical group, and then you have the theater except the musical companies, and then you have the uh, musical theaters and the opera company. So you are, if you are looking for uh, a Canadian national industry that you want to use, and you're looking for um, a list of the uh, companies in that field, once you enter that industry number, uh, seven uh, two uh, seven one one uh, one hundred eleven you will have a list of the theaters except the musical company. So this is how is getting it's classified. And when you are looking in the commerce, uh, chambers of commerce, they do classify it in that way too. So what's the content marketing? Keep potential consumer engaged by ensuring the relevant and the value content is available at the various touch point. Let me give you an example, like a social media newsletters, videos and research 
also provide opportunity for feedback. It's what you call a content man marketing. Sometimes what happened, for example, when we were working for um, technology evaluation center where we supposed to consult the uh, companies to, uh, to do a software evaluation or software selection, um, what we do through the marketing campaign that uh, generated through the website, uh, people comes in, start uh, uh, trying to download some information or information about the new trend of the IT, for example, or a new product. Once they download it, they leave their names and their email. So then it comes into our group and our group starts sending these content to them. So they keep them updated and informative. And at the same time, they will be having a, what do you call the uh, affirmative um, action, which is uh, shows that they are knowledgeable about this, these issues. In this case, after a while of sending this information, feeding them and replying to their concerns, then they start looking up to this company and somebody will be targeting them to promote the service that they have um, probably, or try to see what is taking them to select or replace their softwares before even technology evaluation center sells any service is present their authority level uh, to other companies to say, yes, I know I can help uh, what you're looking for and because I have the experience through publishing social media, e-newsletter videos and something like that. So the characteristics of organizational buying is the key characteristic of organizational buying behavior is the market itself that they are into it. What they're looking for a product or a service it defines. Also the marketing mix, which is we took it in the B2C price promotion place and product and also the buying uh, process of the organization. These are all is not similar in any from one organization to an, another organization. So uh, we need to take into consideration uh, these companies when it comes to these factors, the key characteristics. But in general, how this demand is created there. So the demand is mostly is called uh, drived demand. Any demand for the industrial product and services is driven by the demand of consumers, products and services. So it's basically when you're a reseller or retailer or service provider, you want to provide a service or a product to a consumer and you know today there is 10 of them so you're interested in buying for 10. Tomorrow you know there is 100 you're interested in buying for 100. So it's a driven demand and it's an inelastic demand. 
So it is does not get influenced by the prices. It is um, they have, you know, so they need certain products that to produce their end product for the consumer. So that's what you call inelastic. And as we said, there is a fluctuation or a fluctuating demand today. You have 10 consumer, you buy for 10, for example. Next month, same day, you have 30 consumer, you buy for the next month, same day for, for that 30 people. So it's a fluctuating demand. So as you see here in this figure, you see the direct versus the, the derived demand. In a direct, you know, you have a demand for a newspaper and pizza, then there, it's a direct demand, demand for paper, for a newspaper and pizza boxes. And it's the same thing, demand for a pulp to manufacture papers and packaging, and demand for a, a raw logs to make a pulp. In the case, this is a direct demand, and then you have what you call the derived or driven demand, which is demand for the pulp to manufacture papers and packaging is according of how many is required. So that's what's driven them to select the quantity and the price. And so what's the consumer want? You go and select accordingly. Now, in the case of product or service characteristics. Usually the size of the order or purchase, typically much larger. So you will spend more days, more hours in order to deliver one, one sale or one service because it's pretty large. And the number of potential buyer often far fewer than buyers. So you have, for example, 10 resellers for plastic bags who they do sell uh, clothing, for example. They sell clothing for 100,000, but who's buying from you the plastic bags is the 10 reseller of clothing. So it's a fewer there, and you probably need to pay more attention. Usually the guys in charge of these accounts, they call them account manager more than the salespeople. Now the organization buying objective, understanding buying objective is necessary first step in the marketing to organization. When you're going to do sales to uh, B2C, most of the time you have certain marketing campaign, you do certain marketing activities and people comes in, you don't need to understand more about their uh, detailed, about their, uh, their requirement for the purchase. But in the organization size, it is, in, it is, it is about increasing the profit through reducing the cost or increasing sales. So when they're buying from you, is do they want to do one or two of them. One, they wanna reduce their costs because you provide a cheaper one or a better product at the same product, or they want to increase their sales because they can take a good raw materials from you and produce a better uh, product. And this is in case of regular companies. In case of nonprofit firms and government agencies, they need 
to meet the need of the group they serve. So here in nonprofit agencies and uh, usually government, they don't look for the lower cost, reducing the cost or increasing sales. They look to produce the, the service or go good for the group that they serve. So when you're looking at organizational buying criteria, it's, it's more organized and more delivered and lots of terms involved in it. In the buying criteria, detailed specification for the product or the service they want to buy and the characteristic of the supplier. And they, what do they have? The reverse marketing, which is I posted one video for you. You can go and see it. And it's basically, we talk about, they first, they have certain needs and they bring their needs to you. And instead of you pushing, they, you have established their needs. Here, what they do, they look for a certain price. They look for certain quality, delivery, technical capabilities, warranties and, and claims, the past performance and production facilities and capability. But the issue comes in here is the fear in organizational buying behavior is emotions drive a human behavior always, organizational risk and personal risk. So there is always the worry about selecting the wrong products because that's what might them uh, lose their job or they lose their edge. And for many causes, organizational buyers uh, to make a rational decision they will regret. We will talk how you can help the organizational buyer to do the best procedures and be a best advisor to sell for them. Here, what do you keep in mind? You are there not to do the sales talk. If you do a consultancy for them and, and help them to select the best thing for them, then it's easy for you to sell them or market your product. So what we have usually, we have what you call a buyer-seller relationship and supply partnership. Organization buying is more likely to involve in a you know, more complex because there's more people involved in it, more reason, more specification. So the organization buying is more likely to involve in a complex and lengthy negotiation. Um, they have what you call a reciprocal uh, arrangement. And when the two organizations, for example, agree to purchase each other product and services. So you sell me this and I will buy this from you. And this has happened in many organizations. The other one is the most available and you can visible, see visibly in the market is what you call the supply partnership. When a buyer and its supplier adopt mutual benefits, uh, beneficial objectives, policies, and procedures for the purpose of lowering the cost or increasing the values. The buyer always will buy from you if he knows, if he buys it, buys something 
you will help him in lowering costs or increasing his sale, his sale. This is a very important uh, concept in the organizational buying behavior. Now in the organizational buying process, so that's the goal is really to reduce their costs and increase their profit. But there is a process that you should be aware of it. First of all, organizational behavior, buying behavior for decision-making process used to, they establish the need, identify, evaluate, and choose among the alternative brand and suppliers. But how do they do that? Which one comes in first? When they're supposed to establish the need? How they evaluate and choose among them? That's what makes it a tricky. And if you want to target uh, organization to sell, you have to approach a certain way to be very successful. Now, we go back to the first thing we talked about it, and uh, we're also gonna use it in the B2B, is what uh, Warren Buffett said, says the price is what do you pay, the value is what you get. So this is also applicable for organizations, buying behavior, they pay you price, to get a value. So they get a, a product that help them to sell more or cost them less to produce. So that's the value they are looking for. Now, <clears throat> the main goal, one of the other goals that they're looking at it is the value through reducing the time, whether in the production or selling or selecting. They also looking at, we said, reducing the cost and also reducing the risk, the reason when they buy things, they carry some risk, you're passing some risk to them. So the less is the risk, the easier for you to deliver the sales. But where is the issues that might go wrong there? First of all, if the organization, within the organization, they're not clearly communicated why they're buying things, for whom? Secondly, uh, uh, knowing what really is needed. So they want to buy something, but they don't know what is really needed to buy the details of this information. And this happens a lot in IT. They want to buy something, but they don't know really what it's needed to get ready for buying sometimes. These are points that where you can walk in and start marketing yourself according to these points why, what really is needed. And then you uh, recognizing the uniqueness of the business. So if you understand their business and keep in mind, these are a large companies, so it's worth to spend some time to understand these organization. So you need to recognize the uniqueness of their business and make sure that these organization, they look around, they look at the most qualified. So you wanna position yourself as a qualified organization. So there is <clears throat> a qualified and there is order winner. Order qualified, you could be one of the 10 people or companies who are qualified, they will purchase from you. But then you're probably missing one characteristic that they're looking for, 
um, or the price, your price is a little bit higher, so that you are not order winner. So you can be a qualifier, but not an order winner. Out of these 10 from 100 organization, 10 might be a qualifier, and out of these 10, only one uh, will be order winning. So winning. So the chance is a slim also in this case. So you need to keep an, an eye on the vendors, other vendors, which is your competition, because they're looking at them also. Um, you need to make sure the, the procedures, they're giving an implementation a good attention of how they are process of selecting, you know, the order winner. Okay? Pay a good in, intention on it. And try to find how you're looking at the long-term solutions for them to set up a long-term relation with them. It is important that so, your effort as a marketeer or as a salesperson would be less. But the challenges, you have to see their challenges so you understand how you can help them in this matter. And when you see the challenges, there is always technology challenges because they hear lots of marketing rhetoric and there is lots of fact between them. If you can match, your marketing rhetoric with the fact, then you are really uh, meeting to be uh, recommended or qualified. Um, delivery and promises, you need to make sure these promises is being delivered. So you repertoires becomes really positive with them. Um, could be in case of IT, hardware, software compatibility in this case, or implementation failure if you are a service providers. And also you have to know one thing, they are, have a limited resources. So if you're over asking them to get you with the details, it would be a little bit for them to accommodate your time. Um, they might don't have this, uh, evaluation, their lack of the evaluation selection expertise, because they might have the purchasing department doing that for them. And it's not in the field of they are specialized or as a consultant, they might be specialized, but not as a consultant. And there might be some communication gap. So you might talk to them very technically, but they don't understand your technical, you need to speak their jargon word, their industry language to make them understand. And there is, you always need to look at the purchase that they're gonna do, it's as a project. They have a project to purchase and they might be spending 100,000 or 500,000 on a product. So it is a project for them. So they might have unstructured plan you need to help them probably how to plan it without even trying to push your product. Um, you need to clear their scope. So clarifications back and forth with lots of clarification happens before any sales delivery. Um, might, they might have incomplete requirement gathering so you can help them in complete their requirement, missing some requirement. And they might have an issue with the uh, measuring decision factors. So 
you might be supporting them in the uh, factors that help them to make a decision. See, all these happening before even a sales delivered. But the most important thing that you need to look at it and create that within the organization is the fact the building consensus, consensus. You need to make sure um, the decision makers, it would be wonderful if all the buyers who want to make a decision, they are consensus, they agree on you or they agree on certain terms that you match it. But if you cannot, at least you have the majority voice or the superior voice there who is helping you and creating some push for your product. So the best approach is to create the building consensus. But how do I play, uh, create a building consensus? You see, when you, the biggest mistake the marketing do and the uh, marketers do or the uh, sellers do, they jump right away on their references. We refer, uh, reference, we did this, we did that, we did this for this company, we did that for that company. These are references. They are good, but you don't start from that. That can be a door opener in the beginning, but don't influence, uh, focus on it. You as a marketer, you need to first separate their objective from their subjective, from their holistic view. Once you were able to help them to separate these ideas, they will be trusting you as a marketeer to guide them to the direction that you want to. So the first thing you look at it, and these could be done all together, which is causing a very confusing and making a chance of making mistakes very big. Once they buy from you, they might find out that they did the mistake thing, big mistake, and they will not call you back. But if you try to separate this for them and clarify their vision, it first says, well, what's your objective? The objective is you're looking for certain functionality, for certain characteristics in the product that must have. Some of them is nice to have, some of them is must have. So let's see at the must have. So now you're looking at their requirement like functionalities and technology, the equipment that they're buying or the product has a certain able to perform in a certain way or get a made of certain product that they are looking for. So these are the objectives. These are very clear what they're looking for. The second thing, they, then you start looking at the subjective. Subjective, when they have a group of buyers, each one has a different point of view. And this is what you call a subjective. And in the subjective, you have the marketing information. People can see this product better fit for them. People can see their product, why is better fit for them. And it's a subjective thing. Uh, and you might run to some difficulties in making everybody thinks that way. But if you separate separating subjective from the objective from the beginning as a marketer, you would be easy, have an easy road to, to success. So this the, the, the market data and the RFP that they're publishing is a subjective in a way, but that can be a qualitative, um, it's supposed to qualify you. 
but that doesn't give you make you a winner. But if you start working on with them of how to separate the object and subjective, then you will be uh, more successful. When you not aware of things until you see them, they're publishing RFP, most likely, most likely you are going to be losing this business. And then you have, they might call you asking you some scripted scenarios, how this product will be working, how you're going to deliver it, how many days you're going to deliver it for me, how it's packaged, all these, these are, they write some certain questions willing to ask you these questions. And the other subjective uh, might be uh, scripted, as we said, scripted and easy to use. Some company, some individual within the buying group might find it is easy to buy. Some of them, they might find it in easy, as hard to use. And the last thing, you look at whether these product is really fit in their process, minimizing their cost, or maximizing their sales or doing the both. The last thing you go back again and start uh, emphasizing on the references when the basic thing. So you need to build the objective first. Once you build the objectives and then, and the, then the subjective, then you do the holistic perspective again for them. The stages in the organizational buying process is First, they see there is a problem recognition, whether the machines are getting old or they're running out of papers that they use. And then they do the information search, and then they do the evaluation and alternative of alternatives. So they're looking around of where they should. And then they make the decision process, and then there is a post-purchase process. So if you are, with them from the early stage of the problem recognition, or at least at the level of information search, then you will be able to have a better chance of closing these deals with them. Now, the, the cross-functional group, the buying centers is a group of people who share the common goal, risk, and knowledge important to purchase decision buying committees, they call them, if formalized. And they are not equal. Some of them are more knowledgeable, some of them less knowledgeable. They might have some internal politics. Some of them are decision makers. Some of them are less decision makers. They, some of them, we call them the, um, the champions. The champions are the ones who takes your words and start public. Uh, um, marketed within the organization. Yes, let's buy from this company. She's really good. She's been doing this for the others. For the, 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 the. All these, you try to find the champions who can use the word of mouth. So a major question in understanding the buying center is finding and reaching the people who will initiate, influence, and actually make the buying decision. You might have people within the group, they're not making any decision. They're just there to support any decisions from coming from somebody else. So the cross-functional group, marketeers need to answer these. When you see these group, you need to answer these. Which individual 
are in the buying center for the product or service? Who is the champion and who is the one who makes that decision of buying? What is the relative influence of each member of group? What I call them decision maker and bless making. A bless making, there is a group within the buying decision. They're not there to make a decision, they are there to support the decisions. So you need to know what is the relative influence of each member of the group. You also need to know what are the buying criteria. As we said, you differentiate between uh, objective and subjective as we earlier. Of, but these are, mean you need to know when it's come to the subjective, since it is subjective, people have a tendency not to think in the same, same thing. Uh, in the group you might have within the subjective area, one says it's easy, one says it's no, it's hard, the same product. One says, well, we can guarantee support. Another says uh, we can guarantee another company who give us a better product. So all these things, you need to see uh, each member, what are the buying criteria of each member? How does each member of the group perceive the potential buyer? How they do you see you as a buyer, as a seller? It is a product and services and it's salespeople. They will need to, um, uh, you need to impress them, um, prove your authority level by showing them that you do understand their industries and you are there to help them as an organization, to help them to uh, lower their costs or increase their sales. So, Buying centers is made of users, and these users can be made of influencers, internal and external influencers, and they are buyers, and there's a, between them, they are deciders, and there is a gatekeeper who will probably, uh, you need to surpass them and let you in. And usually the champion, what we call the champions, are some of the gatekeepers. They, they carry too many, uh, two or three uh, characteristics in them. But how these buying, what kind of buying this organization do? So there is a buying classes, different uh, buying situation. A straight rebuy, and that's the best one. You don't need to do that much. It's just they send you the order and you supply them. That's what you call a straight rebuy. And then you have the modified rebuy. So they want you to adjust their product the, the last time and supply them with it. And you have the new buy, which is, it takes lots of effort, but once you set, set them up and you, you made them a recruiting buyer, they become a straight buyer or a modifier, modified buyer. In the B2B market segmentation, segmentation divided markets based on type of consumers, what kind of a customers you have, uh, the size of the customer, whether small, large, or huge, type of buying situation, when they supposed to buy the thing, um, where there's right now in the end of buying, when they're about to publish RFP way before. Customer location, Location is important if they are in the same country or internationally, 
you might need to customize <coughs> your product according to the international. You might to look at the uh, if there is a tariff or logistics and all these things. And what's the, the benefit that you need to uh, pass to them in order to them to see it and accept these benefits for you? Bottom line, value comes in from your benefit that you're getting. And these value, how you see the values is what's the benefit I'm getting. And this is, it means value. It creates a value for you. And the value that causing you to pay to the seller. Now, the, uh, the prominence of online buying in organization and market. Um, at the General Electric online buying has cut the cost of the transaction from 100, from $50 to 100 uh, per purchase to about uh, $5. So they used to cost them 50 to 100. Now they do pay per purchase $5. Tajari has helped so much in UAE, especially in Dubai, to give this impression. If you're aware of Dubai, for example, you know that Dubai used to be a very poor and now it's one of the wealthiest countries, cities in the world. And the reason is they had two things that they done it right. One is having a Jabal Ali, which is international logistic and business hub. And they have a Tijari.com, which is the electronic business hub. And these have built up the wealth in UAE. So here, what you're looking at, the buyer depends heavily on timely suppliers information. They are want to see the information at their fingerprint, at fingertips. So by clicking, they need to look at their information. It should be a web-based technology, uh, reduce the buyer order processing, and should be a web-based technology, reduce the marketing cost, and broadens the customer base. Because from a customer, uh, from the uh, seller's perspective, you need to lower your marketing cost. And from the buyer perspective, he's aware he's paying part of the hidden cost is the marketing cost and sales cost. So these are things, if you can reduce them, then you'll be more competitive in this field. Now, <clears throat> what you have is virtual organizational market. And these are happening for example, um, in the e-marketplace, whether you do it independent or a private. E-marketplace is about online training, uh, trading communities that bring together the buyer and the suppliers of organization. They might be independent, which is charge fee for the service provided, or they can be private, set up their own private, like, you know, uh, uh, Walmart does that, uh, link the network of qualified suppliers and uh, buy and sell within that site. So online auction in the organizational market, excuse me. 
In the traditional one, what we have is the fact there is a one seller and many buyers in since there is many buyers for one seller is usually as quantity and number of buyers increases uh, there's more demand for that product and then the price goes up but if there is only one buyer and there is many sellers as this number of sellers in increases the, they start competing with each other uh, lowering the price making more product uh, more efficient better product helping in the consumers uh, giving the the re, re buyer the buyer uh, product that can lower their costs or make more sales but because there is a more many sellers they have a tendency as the number of the sellers increases the price goes down now keeping that in mind we spoke about how the these two here general electric or ge does it and how the tijari does it for as an independent here ge does it as a dependent but uh, as a private i'm sorry but uh, tijari does it as an independent just give me i give you a general introduction here uh, in in tijari.com it is established in year uh, since 2000 so it's almost like a 26 years old uh, company um and is uh, part of the e-government plan all suppliers in dubai are member of tijari Export in the marketplace, technology, e-commerce law, and practice or and the procurement consultancy service, locally, regionally, and internationally. The vision is to enable companies to realize the, the dramatic cost saving, greater efficiencies, and extend consumers' reach, which is facilitated the online procurement tijari. What made tijari successful? they went and asked big companies and government to be on tijari.com for free and when they also asked these to utilize their purchasing solution and purchasing uh, technologies and services for free so uh, these big companies work on that idea but in return, they wanted to make sure when they saw this application, they saw everything is transparent. So they loved it. They asked them all to stay transparent. You need to ask your suppliers to join. And each suppliers who join there, <clears throat> he can put his catalog, his products and everything. And then they charge the suppliers instead of charge charging the buyer so a big organization usually have a thousand suppliers so these thousand suppliers each one will put fifty dollars yearly that means fifty thousand dollars and then tijari is an e-procurement solution and b2b marketplace that allow company uh, and organization to automate their procurement as i said using their application and buy and sell product online company can find 
compare and procure products and services. So instead of building their own application and having a, a many sellers coming in and out, trying to push their product and you know might create some corruption there, they said, okay, just use our application, we'll give you the free services and uh, you know, we will be, uh, you will be very transparent. So it's basically to enable company to realize the dramatic cost saving, greater efficiency and extended uh, research, which they uh, online procurement through to drugs. Well, the, what they did, they also used the most advanced uh, application, Microsoft and Oracle, and that time was 11i. They also, uh, they did online requisitions, approval workflow for the company and ordering. So the big companies, instead of, uh, you know, buying and purchasing their own software for purchase and all these things, they only can utilize these application for free. And if they do have one, they tell them let's integrate it, we will do an integration for them. So they did all this set of the procedures for them, such as online auction and auctioneers, tenders, uh, publishing, RFQ, RFI, creation, helping them, documentation attachment, auto comparison, they do suppliers management. So they do manage the suppliers for the product, attribute and all these things and made it as easy integration with the big companies uh, uh, organization if they have already procurement application. If they don't, so they don't need to buy a procurement application, they can utilize their procurement. And, you know, highly secure, available, uh, English, Arabic, Persian, I think it's in, in Hindu also they made it and they created some e-catalog to do uh, shopping for the organizations. <clears throat> so what is the advantage? The advantage is they had a low startup cost. So if you want to be a supplier, you don't need to do any uh, startup costs. It's just this, you know, this, they started it in year 2000, by the way. Amazon has recently been famous for that. So they, but they did, you know, they did not publish, you know, they worked for their own government. The, you as a supplier, you have a low startup cost, all you have to do $50 a year. You have no investment in the hardware networking or service, so you're not worried about it. You don't need to purchase any software. Even sometimes the buyers who don't have it, they don't need, you don't be worried about the implementation charges. You have a remote accessibilities. Your data is always maintained and backed up. And there is, they have a, a presence there to support you. <clears throat> you might look in at the fact that you're reducing the programming. I'm not gonna go details, but the thing here is a higher marketing reach and exposure. <clears throat> so when you are a member of the, uh, Tijari, as a supplier, you have access and better reach to the big companies and getting exposed to them. On the other hand, the big suppliers 
they have access to you and others for them it's so nobody will be favorite one over the others who is uh, you know keep related to his family or something like that so the higher market reach and the automation and the centralization of internal recognition so they worked on this now <clears throat> what's benefit uh, that the both got the buyers and the supplier and mostly the buyer cost of goods and service reduced saving up to 20% are common. So we told you in the beginning, the two reasons the people, the company will buy from you in B2B is whether you lower their cost or you make them sell more. So for the suppliers, now they're willing to join Kutajari because they can sell more. For the buyers, they're willing to join Tajari because they can save the cost of buying, for example the quick efficiencies there the process the service improved they can see all the process and there's visibility spending announced they can see the analysis they have all the visible report that they can see how much they bought when they bought when they supposed to buy all these things and they can see it also but in general how the process is happening is basically they look senior manager has some need. Then when the senior manager has some need, the management is aware of it. And then when the management aware of it, they can go as a technology or as the technology to look at the e-catalog or whomever is the supplier there. So they ask the purchasing to do that. And they can see it online is done. So they know when the product is coming or who is doing the activities. So the purchasing once happened is approved recognition, uh, procurement department, but centralized. And then it goes automatically to accountant. So the things is get uh, delivered and paid uh, automatically. And if it's, if it's rejected, it's the same circle this happened. So this is the end. I just wanted to bring you an example of companies that use the B2B very successful. So you have a better understanding when you're approaching B2B marketing is a much different than B2C. Thank you very much.